Now let's look in our Bibles today in Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians chapter 4 today we're going to pick up in verse 8. And we're going to read verse 8 and 11. And then we're going to explain using verse 13, 14, 15, 16, so on. And so uh, we went over verse 9 and 10 in the last class so let's pick up on these gifts today wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ now the 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 four person uh excuse me the four per uh I'm getting tongue-tied. The four portion. The, in other words, verse number 12, he says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now this, he gave these gifts, pastors, teachers, evangelists, so forth and so on. He gave them for a specific purpose. And it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And then he gives a time limit. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now this is not speaking of a man's lifetime. This is speaking of the lifetime of the body of Christ. God has given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Let me look very quickly and read you very quickly out of the book of Romans. The book of Romans chapter number 11, uh, yes, verse number, uh, chapter number 11 and verse number 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Romans chapter 11 is not a, a passage of scripture that's very often visited uh, by Reformed theology because of its statement of the Reformation or the uh, reinstitution of the nation of Israel. But this uh, verse in verse number 25 says he don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery lest you should be wise in your own conceit. He said that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Now this is the part that we're concerned with today until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. See that word until until blindness has happened to Israel until until a specific thing happens the fullness of the Gentiles come in so when the when the full when the body of Christ is complete then the Lord will turn and restore Israel but I want you to compare that portion of the scripture till the fullness of until the fullness of the Gentiles come in with verse number 13 till we all come in the unity of the faith now uh, the church is definitely not about to come into unity. So, well, uh, the World Council of Churches is going to put everybody back together. Absolutely not. The Lord is the head of the church. The United Nations or the World Council of the Churches or the, any of these groups or organizations that talk about unity, 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 when actually all they're talking about is getting back into Rome. Listen, the... Lord Jesus Christ himself is the head of the church and when the church is gathered together unto Christ then we'll come to the we'll come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God till then we'll be divided in our teaching you say why because saved men are rebellious 
perhaps perhaps so and perhaps not but perhaps not to the extent of lost people I would hope not to the extent of lost people but saved people are still rebels they want to do it their own way and for all the different uh, ideas and theologies and different things like that for all the different ones you couldn't get a representative from each line of thought into one congregation and say now which one of you feels you're wrong about anything none of them would raise their hand and if they did raise their hand why haven't you done something about it everybody thinks they're right I think I'm right you're listening to the sermon you think you're right you're listening to the teaching you think you're right and so the unity of the faith I'll defend what I believe the faith is and you'll defend what you think it is and and if one of us is right you or me the one of us that's the most humble will be the first to admit we're wrong and we'll do that on the basis of scripture and that's that but one day we will come to the unity of the faith. We'll all the, believe the same thing. But it won't be in my lifetime unless we're gathered to Christ in my lifetime. Otherwise, you're going to live and die. And you're never going to come to the unity of the faith or the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now that's a big mouthful right there. But the, the scripture says that at some point, the Lord is going to change our vile bodies to be like unto his glorious body. When that takes place, you'll be to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Not the stature of Christ, period. The stature of the fullness of Christ. The Bible says we're complete in him. And that's true today because of the promises of God. One of those promises is that the adoption will take place and will be conformed to the image of his son. We're predestinated to that end according to Romans chapter 8 and Ephesians chapter 1 and 2. There's no question about that. Uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 especially. So what the Bible is actually saying here in this passage of scripture, he gave some apostles. The job of those apostles are the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. He gave some, he gave some prophets and the, the work of that prophet is to perfect the saints, to work the ministry and to edify the body of Christ. He gave some prophets and the job of those prophets is to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now each one of these apostles prophets teachers etc they have a work of the ministry they perhaps are not the same work the bible says in in corinthians chapter 12 that the lord dealt these gifts to each man severally and the the there are different administrations but it's the same spirit so so some of these Jobs are not the same. The job of a teacher is not the same as a pastor. The job of a pastor is not the same of an apostle or an evangelist. It's just not the same thing. Some of these things could overlap some, and I think everybody understands that, but each one has their own work of the ministry to do, but that's their job. An apostle's job is to perfect the saints, work the ministry, and to edify the body of Christ. The job of a teacher is to perfect the saints, to work the ministry, and to edify the body of Christ. And those jobs, each one of those tasks has a dispensational end point. If you're not a dispensationalist, you'll have to cram the teaching. You'll have to cram these things into some other little corner, someplace in your mind, and forget about them because they they won't make a lot of sense to you. But this verse says that these gifted men, or these men who are actually gifts to the church, have a, a threefold work to do. At least in this context, it's a threefold work. You can find four works for a pastor over in the book of Timothy. 
uh, to teach doctrine, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, etc., etc. So what you want to do is you want to look at the text. You want to see what their jobs are. And then you want to see the end point for their uh, for their vocation. And Paul said right at the first of chapter 4 that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Well that vocation has an end point. When is it? Well the Bible says till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of, of the fullness of Christ. So here is what's going to take place. The church age is going to go through uh, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, Romans chapter 11, verse 25. And for that time period, apostles, prophets, and when it says apostles, it's not talking about the apostles of the Lamb. It's not talking about an apostle in the sense of the apostle Paul. It's talking about sent ones. There are going to be men who are sent to do specific things. There are men whose out, outreach is going to uh, go further than just beyond the gates of his own city. There will be ones that are sent out to do specific things. There will be prophets. There will be men who have an emphasis. Men who can put an emphasis on, on the future things. In other words, it's not just the second coming of the Lord it's what might take place in an individual's life should he do uh, specific things should he be disobedient should he be obedient there are expected ends for disobedience and it's a prophet's job to uh, forewarn of those things it's a prophet's job to tell of things to come what might happen in a Christian's life should he follow the Lord and be obedient and go on unto Christian perfection which is not sinlessness but maturity Till we all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But as these men do these jobs uh, until the gathering of Christ, until the gathering of Christ's people to himself, as they go about these things, no individual in 1500 or 1600 or 1700 or 2010 or 2019 Barring the coming of Christ himself is going to reach this point. In other words, these men are put here for the duration of the Christian dispensation. They are put here for the duration of the church age. And their, their, their positions, their places in the church is not going to be taken away until we all come in the unity of the faith. Or in other words, we're taken by the rapture. We're gathered to Christ. So... It, he has the job that they're to, to perform in verse 12 for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The culmination of this ministry is in verse 13. It will end at the gathering of ourselves together with Christ when we're made like unto his glorious body. Our, our minds are completely renewed. We're conformed to the image of his son and we'll be made part of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then... Verse 14 is an additional statement about this ministry that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Now this goes back to verse 12 for the perfecting of the saints. How could I tell if I was being perfected? Well, you see, verse 12 is very attainable. Verse 13 is not attainable until we're resurrected and we're gathered together with Christ. But, but verse 12 is very attainable for the perfecting of the saints. What would a perfect saint look like? What would a mature saint look like? Well, verse 14 is a description of that. 
that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Uh, a mature Christian, uh, a, a man who, a saint who has been perfected, is one who is very uh, solidly established in the scripture and that when somebody comes along and says well the Greek word says this or some other language says this when the scripture has been established for years and years and years and years and years and now finally since the late 1800s men have come along and said but this other manuscript that, that was found here or there says this or that well there's no, no question that there's going to be uh, portions of the scripture found in caves and stuff like that that are deviations there's no question about uh, the fact that today every year they're coming out with new scriptures or, or new books that claim to be scriptures and they say divergent things from year to year to year that are not found anywhere else in history and if they're doing that today there's no question that they'd be doing that in the first century the second century the third century and there's no question about that in my mind Paul even recognized the fact that some men were trying to corrupt the words of God in his day so if they were doing it in his day there's no question in my mind that they would come out with with um, bibles so-called bibles that would say things that never were in the scripture and they still claim that they're finding these things in old manuscripts and they're just not doing it they're not doing it neither by translation or by interpretation can some of these things that are being found in modern versions be found in the word of god it's just not there and so Somebody comes along and uses fair speeches and fancy words and uses their doctorate degree to try to pull you off the doctrines that have been so long established in the word of God, then I would be very careful. And if you are overcome by those, that's a sign that you're not uh, a perfected saint or a mature saint. And if you very solidly uh, founded, very solidly settled on the word of God, then that's a description of a perfected saint that's what verse 12 means by for the perfecting of the saints that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men would would men uh, use sleight of hand would men use uh, cunningly devised fables would they use uh, craftiness to get you away from the truth they certainly would and some of them think they do God's service. I'm not talking about the intentions of men. Not, not getting involved with that. That's a whole different uh, set of uh, philosophies that gets into men's intentions and all that. I'm not, not talking about what man's intention is. I'm talking about God's telling you that some men have uh, looked at the scripture and that they've put it together in such a way that it'll deceive you if you're not careful. So be careful about those things. Rightly divide the word of truth as the scripture says in 2 Timothy. Uh, we have other studies on that so we'll not get in too far into that now but the Bible says study to show thyself approved. So what happened when I'm approved? Then you'll be a perfected saint. You'll be a mature saint of God and these winds of doctrine will not shake your faith, will not shake your assurance about the things that the word of God has taught you thus far and certainly you will run across things in your Bible that will correct 
portions of your belief. There's no question in my mind that many times over the years that I've just accepted some teaching blindly or went into it and said, well, my teacher said that the Bible says this, so I'm going to take it at face value. But as I've studied the scripture, I've saw the correcting of those things. That's why David said, David said he, he was wiser than the ancients. He had more knowledge than his teachers had. And that's not a, that, that's not a boast of arrogance or anything like that. Uh, the church should be growing. I don't blame past teachers for getting things wrong. They got a lot of things right. And, and the church has grown in knowledge throughout the years. And as long as we have apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, the church should be growing in knowledge. We used to think it was this, but God has revealed this. The further study of God's word has brought out further revelation. And now we understand some things better than we used to understand it. We could have gotten to some points a lot faster had there not been a dark ages, had there not been a place and time in which uh, the Catholic system of religion ruled over the word of God and suppressed the word of God. And then after the Reformation, many of the Reformation churches suppressed the word of God and withheld the word of God and didn't want the word of God in, in every Christian's hands. And so had there not been that, we often hear about some teachings not coming to pass until later times. And the, well, nobody in the early ages, this is what they say. It's not true, but this is what they say. Well, nobody in the early ages taught the eternal security and nobody in the early ages taught the uh, uh, the rapture of the church and these are late doctrines well they're they're late partially because uh, your religions withheld the word of god from men from individual men that could study the word of god and in, in many cases the preachers didn't even have the word of god it was only meant for special monks and special people and then they just delivered their little speeches about what they'd been taught from other men but as the word of God has come forth and as the word of God has been put into the hands of men that could get into it and study it and dedicate themselves to God and become mature Christians, some great truths have come out of the word of God. And some things, as I said, have been believed all along, but just suppressed by uh, tyrants in religion. But as we sit down and study the word of God, what takes place? We become we become mature Christians, the perfecting of the saints, we become established. We become uh, assured of what we believe. And then once we reach that point, then we can consider other ideas that have been given to us, other doctrines that are presented to us. We can consider them. We can pray about them. But if we're firmly founded on the word of God, the Bible says we won't be tossed back and forth by these doctrines, by the doctrines that have been cunningly devised and make no mistake about it men have sat down and devised well this will fit right here and I can say this about this passage of scripture and I can have my own way and I can have my own following because in the the existing the established religion well I can't get no I can't get a foothold there I can't get a following there and so men have used things like that as well as other things to come up with their own doctrines to lead men away after themselves because they they feel like they are their own gods. But again, we won't spend too much time on that. Just be for certain that an established Christian 
who can do the work of the ministry and who can edify his brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. That man is a man that's not a child. He's not tossed to and fro. He's not carried about with every wind of doctrine, which those things go together. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men. Uh, You'll have some discernment, the Bible says. When it talks about the gifts, in the book of Corinthians, he talks about being able to discern things. And the Bible teaches us that we have our, uh, our senses exercised by using the scripture, by, by, by being involved in spiritual things. And so we have the ability to discern if a guy is uh, telling a lie or if he uh, doesn't have the exact right intentions. You can't see all of those things, but your senses will be sharpened. And you won't be deceived by these men who are lying wait to deceive. That's their intentions. But there's a contrary thing. Verse 14, there's something contrary to verse 14 in the positive aspect. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head of Christ. Now we as Christians in our own lifetime, if the Lord doesn't come back, I'm talking about if the Lord does not uh, come and get us or gather us to him in our own lifetime what we can do is speak the truth in love and we will grow up into him in all things in other words we can get closer to God closer to Christ and as we get closer to Christ we become more mature again I say we will never until we're gathered to Christ come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man and that, that's not the end of the statement unto, the per, unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ that is done at the resurrection that's done at the rapture at the perfecting of the body at the redemption of the body verse 13 takes place but we can't avoid being deceived in verse 14 and we can speak the truth in love and we can grow up into him we can be- become Perfected saints, mature saints, as it says in verse 12, we can certainly do those things. And we, again, we don't want to point out ourselves too much. We can do these things by Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's what's being said in verse 15. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. If you're growing in Christ, you're growing correctly. If you're growing in your religion, you're growing incorrectly. I, I hate to throw a blanket statement over that because perhaps your religion is true, is true religion and undefiled. Perhaps that's the case. Perhaps you've got the right hold on it. You've got the right approach to it. You're studying the scripture. You're doing things as you ought to do it. And so I understand that that can be done. Some people hate the word religion completely. I just dislike the word religion, but I certainly do see that there is a true religion and undefiled. And if you're doing those things and you're growing up correctly, you become a mature Christian. You become a mature Christian, and that is the purpose of these gifts that God has given us in the form of men. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. All right, we'll meet again here next time. We'll pick up in verse number 16.